Welcome to Legal Ease with JBP, a bi-monthly podcast coming to you with legal insight on current cases, frequently asked questions, and all things JBP. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to a very special episode of Legal Ease with JBP. Andrea here, as usual, and we had mentioned in our last podcast that we are actually celebrating 30 years in business, and I have a very special guest today, Gerald Jorgensen, who is our founding shareholder. Welcome, Gerald. Welcome. This is great. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited to have you. We really wanted to dive in to all of the history that you have seen in the 30 years that GBP has started and where you where you started and where we have um, been and where we are going. So I just really wanted to sit down and do a one-on-one with you and just kind of learn a little bit more about how you got started, how GBP became what it is now and where you want to see it going. So okay. tell me a little bit more about yourself and how you got started in the law. Uh, well, when I first graduated from the University of Colorado with, the, with my accounting degree, I went to work for AVCO. Uh, at the time, AVCO was a industrial bank in Boulder. And then I worked up in a couple of years, I became the industrial bank manager in the Fort Collins. Um, and then I broke off to, well, at the time I was doing a lot of what we call dealer banking. In other words, we were uh, financing stereos and Okay. Uh, and I spent a lot of time in stereo shops, and I kind of got the bug for stereo, uh, and uh, started a mobile disco. Very fun, mobile disco. So I moved from being corporate guy to mobile disco guy. Okay. Uh, I did that for about six or eight months before I realized it was really, uh, it was going to be a starving kind of uh, Thing. It was kind of starving artist. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's didn't fair. make a whole lot of money. And uh, I had a partner that was my brother in law at the time, and we opened a stereo shop uh, in Longmont called Odinson Stereo. Uh, it was fairly successful, and we did that for a number of years, and we opened a Bananas Tapes and Records. Uh, and then later I opened um, a Cruising Tune. Our stereo mm-hmm. down on Main Street. We also had a Loveland branch for a while, but that didn't pan out. Um, so that was kind of my background. Um, I always handled the business side and the legal side of the stereo shops. Um, yeah, whatever there was of it. Okay. Okay. So that's what I did before I went to Loveland. Okay. Well, I mean, that gives. And you are you a Colorado native? Uh, were you born here? You're local to the area. Well, I was I was actually born in an Air Force base in Washington State, but I was raised until high school in Omaha and Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay. And then my my father was a, an ophthalmologist, and when he graduated from college, he graduated from college two years. Okay. So it was he was always a college student. When I was growing up. He started his practice. Great. So entrepreneur at heart, had a lot of different businesses, enjoyed that side of it and went to law school. And I mean, it sounds like, you know, that was kind of perpetuating its way into you going to law school. And what what made you decide when you graduated that you wanted to start your own firm instead of joining something that was already established? Well, it was kind of a, a, a kind of a family deal. 
Um, I got uh, a good job out in uh, Las Vegas working for a firm that was uh, basically dealing with banking um, based on where my interests were in law school. Uh, but my father totally freaked out and didn't want me moving out of state okay. and offered me office space in his building if I would just hang out my shingle. Okay. <laughs> uh, so family pressure being what it was, that's what I ended up doing. Okay. Gotcha. And so your primary focus now, and it might have changed obviously throughout the years as everybody kind of learns what they like and what um, area of the law that they really would like to pursue. And right now you're practicing in the areas of real estate, construction, uh, business transaction and disputes. Um what made you want to focus specifically over the years on these areas? Well, I, when I was in the transition between the stereo shop and law school, I did get my real estate license and so, and also my real estate in Colorado and Nebraska. And then I got a uh, appraiser's license in Nebraska. And I thought I would do that through law school, kind of the background uh, for income. Uh, I, it didn't really, I didn't do a whole lot with those licenses at that time, but I've had those licenses, I guess, 1984, And so I kind of focused on the real estate side of it, uh, just because that's where my training had been for those licenses. I also enjoyed the real estate side of things and litigation side. So when I uh, got out of law school, I um, just maintained those licenses and primarily I maintained the real estate license so that I could teach classes. Okay. Um, that at the time, uh, real estate REs and legal CLE kind of joined together to get credit for oh, so many hours per year. Okay. So I kept that. Um, I started actually taking domestic classes or the domestic cases. Um, did about 3,000 divorces before I decided that I was becoming uh, hardened uh, and uh, didn't care a whole lot for what people do with kids anymore and that sort of thing. So I thought okay. I better kind of get out of that, fair. that That's industry fair. and um, kind of leaned into the real estate. And from the real estate then, uh, we started doing a lot of construction law cases that were kind of coming up in the... Well, Colorado's obviously boom and bust. Mm -hmm. uh, and so every time we get a boom, they hire crummy guys to do the construction. And then during the bust, that's when everybody sues each other until the next boom. So that's how I kind of stepped into the construction. That focus. Okay, great. And obviously, you had a big background with your own businesses. And a lot of those um, practice areas kind of go hand in hand. And that experience is very valuable. Um, tell me a little bit more about how you started this firm and some of the growth that you've seen over the years. Obviously, when you started, was it just you? Did you have anybody else or were you just, you know, I know you were saying your dad wanted you to come home and kind of hang up shingles, if you will, and in his face. But how did you start? Was it, were you just by yourself or how did it progress through the years? Well, when I first started up, I decided that the smartest thing I could do would be to hire a paralegal that had a lot of experience. Uh, to keep me out of trouble, and so I did that. Uh, and it wasn't too long after after I started up, maybe about a year or so. I thought I would. I was getting busy, and I thought I would hire a law clerk. Um, and then I uh, chickened out and pulled the ad out of the out of the 
DU law clerk section, um, but um, who's one of my partners now, Rebecca Pepin. Um, at, at the time, she wanted to be a law clerk and she wouldn't take no for an answer. And so she came <laughs> in and pretended that she was a client. Oh, my came goodness. In and met with me. And so, obviously, anybody that was that eager to uh, work with me, I, I decided that we kind of, I would hire her on. And then after she graduated from law school, she came on. So, wow. that I started out pretty soon, pretty early, say in the first year and a half, maybe two years, mm-hmm. um, with. Paralegal, and then I got a receptionist, and then I got a, a uh, law clerk who turned into an associate. And that's kind of the way it evolved. Okay. What would you say was one of your favorite moments over over the years that you've seen the growth in the firm? Well, we've had some. I guess some of the mile markers could be the, the expansions into uh, other areas. We, we started in Longmont. We a building on Third Avenue, an old Victorian with four stories that people kept falling down <laughs> the stairs. <laughs> um, and then we expanded over to Greeley, uh, primarily because the Greeley judges were kind of treating us like we weren't hometown team. Um, and so we opened an office across the street from the courthouse in Greeley so that the Weld County judges would see our name hanging okay. out out when they went to and from work every day. Okay. <laughs> um, that office, so that would be a pretty good milestone is that when we opened that office, um, that office kind of evolved. Finally, we bought a building, and then later the county bought the building from us, and we moved that office to Santerra, which is more centrally located in downtown Greeley. Now we handle a good share of the Loveland and the Greeley markets uh, together from the location of Right. So moving to Sinterra would be another deal. Um, years later, I think it was two or three years later, then we opened the Broomfield office. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Broomfield office is a, was to step into that other market. Um, north of Denver, since we were already operating in and Broomfield, uh, a little bit of Jeffco. So that is another expansion of space, and uh, that that's a beautiful office. I really, I really enjoy that office. Yeah, it's helpful to all those depositions and and things that you guys need, especially in your department. Yeah, when we get a bunch of well, in construction cases, you very commonly get a lot of parties. Sure. All the subcontractors, their attorneys, etc. Right. It crowds a conference room pretty big. <laughs> We've <laughs> pretty seen well. them pretty packed around here. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So that's that's. Really enjoy that conference up there. Great. So growth, expansion—that's a big common theme. What would you say is one of your favorite things, or the most that you enjoy about serving? We always say we serve Colorado in general. We handle cases all over the state, and um, primarily where our offices are located. We're pretty much north of Denver, so that's referred to Northern Colorado. What's one of your favorite things about serving the Northern Colorado community? Well, one of the one of the great advantages to working in the north is that you can get around. Uh, <laughs> when we, we had an office in Denver for a very short period of time, and absolutely nobody used it. It had dust on top of the oh, no. so nobody wanted to go down there. And, yeah. uh, but it's pretty much just a you know, fighting with the traffic, doing all that. 
Uh, plus, the expansion or the growth in the housing market has been there's been a lot of growth in Northern Illinois. It's um, it's I think it's just laid out better. It's not such an urban environment. It's more of a suburban environment, um, and it, it, it's it's a very good place to work. People are nice. The, I think they have a better attitude when they in the way that they approach their affairs. And you you live here. You know the community very well. You've seen it grow. I mean, time and time again, which is is awesome. And and we love our community and we love serving them. So what are some of the things that you would like to see of the firm in the next five to 10 years? Well, I think the, the focus that we've gotten on in my department, at least uh, with regard to the construction, I think that's a place that, that we've really done, done well for clients. Uh, and we've had a couple recent cases where we had as much as many as nine separate homeowners in, in one case, and then we had seven or eight in another case. Um, and it, people are are kind of coming together in neighborhoods where there's been you know, bad soil, or there's been a contractor that's doing a crummy job. Uh, those kind of group cases get more than one plaintiff together. Uh, makes it so that we can really economize on, you know, the the actual amount of legal fees and expenses that go into a case for an individual. Uh, makes it easy then for uh, us to uh, prosecute those cases. And, and construction cases do take a lot more uh, engineering and expert um, opinions than any basically any other kind of case. Those are hard things for uh, for a single homeowner to handle by themselves because the expenses have a tendency to overcome the amount of damage to the house. Okay. And so okay. when we work for AUAs or or groups of homeowners, that, that's that's I think is the way that the firm is, is moving. And I think it's a good. What are the most important things you would want people to know about JVP? I think the most one of the most important things is that we're a group. It works together well. Um, we one of our primary criteria when we bring in new people is how they are at lunch. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's a it, it's because if you if you go to work and you're working with partners that you enjoy to work with and you're working with associates that have a good attitude and a good personality, a good ability to um, express themselves. The other people in the community, to the clients, to each other. I think it makes a, a healthier work environment, and a healthier work environment uh, equals more more efficient, quite frankly. Right. It also makes it more transparent. Uh, for we're not afraid to go through the nitty gritty of the case. My client that wants to know what's going on, why it's going on, and what should we do next. What we're thinking is, we we take the time to work through that with clients. Not just putting it in line, um, you know, and saying that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and I mean, we're definitely a, a very big team environment. We're we're a big little family, as I like to refer to it as, and we spend um, a lot of time together. Everybody in their own practice areas and working cohesively, just all towards the same goal to do the best that we can for our clients and and um, you know make sure that 
we're being honest and like you said, transparent. And I think that's one of the things that we get compliments on all the time is um, people feel very comfortable here and they can oftentimes come here um, because we are full service for one case and then maybe another case down the road or, or something else that we might be able to assist them. Yeah, we do a lot of internal referrals. In fact, I think I think about 50% of our business usually comes from other departments. In other words, somebody who's can't trust or will create it, then we'll also use the real estate department. Sure. Things like that. And from the domestic side of use and um, that's because they, you know, they had a, a good experience in the first time and they're coming back again uh, and they can trust us with. Right. They're comfortable. We try to make everybody feel as home as possible, whether it's our group or our clients. And um, it's, a, it's a big thing for all of us. And this is a stressful business. People don't come here because they're having a good time generally. Exactly. Generally, there's a problem. Uh, the serious problem, litigate cases, causes a lot of stress to the clients, um, stresses them economically, stresses them socially, it stresses their relationships, and it's a good thing that they feel like, um, or they can feel like, the attorney that's working with them, trying to be open and clear with them. Right, and that's important. That's one of our, our mottos around here. <laughs> um, what's your passion outside of the law? Uh, I am a cider maker. I have an orchard um, that is fledgling at the moment, but it's 600 trees at the end of this year. Um, and uh, we're moving kind of to the next phase of that, where we'll be crushing it out our own juice. Mm -hmm. but I've always I think we're always juice. excited to hear around here as well, you know, the planting of the trees and hearing about how it's going. Yeah, so that's kind of my fun, fun thing and my hope. What's one thing you would want people to know about you? Um, I guess it's uh, that I'm. I, I I think I guess that business school background and that small business background um, kind of kind of encourages me to cut to the chase. You want to figure out how things work on a, a business basis, not on a an emotional. You're trying to separate a client from their feelings about how it should work and how the system should work and what's fair and what's not fair. Um, I, I think that's that's one of the things that I can help people with. I understand, I emphasize, I empathize, if I can pronounce it right, empathize with your feelings about how this thing should come out. But realistically, you need to look at what, what the odds are, what the odds of when you are successful, what is uh, your what's your most probable result, or what are your damages going to be? And work through that with the client so that they can understand and not be surprised by what happens. Right, and I think that's something that you also advocate when we have new associates start at the firm, and you're very hands-on and working with them. So, I guess the thing I would like to end on with you is. What is your legacy that you want to leave behind? Where do you want to see the firm continue once you make the leap at some point and retire and, and work on the orchard? What, where do you want to see this carry on? Um, wow, I haven't really thought of it from that side. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I have to admit, I was, I'm somewhat surprised at the growth of um, and. Kind of like, you know, 
what have I done kind of feeling of uh, this just started out to be kind of a sole practitioner kind of uh, trying to make a living kind of thing and it's turned into more of a uh, an operating living monster of its own that, way, that, um, that now I'm just a small part of um, and, uh, so it, it's really fun to see that it is has been and looks to be more and more successful going into the future and I've kind of it is it has created its own life life of its own I think and it's almost like having when you have your own business it's almost like having a child and raising the child throughout the years and i think you've even said that um not that long ago when we had a celebration of one of our expansions last year and during a ribbon cutting is that that's one thing that i really took away is that you were so excited to see it it's almost like all of the things throughout the years and it's taking off and i think we're all so excited to celebrate with you and i appreciate you sitting down with me and kind of letting me pick your brain and let our listeners know and even some of our staff know if they haven't heard some of your famous stories, because these are all things that we hope to continue and, and carry for the next 30 years and the long foreseeable future. Thank you very much. for It's been wonderful, Gerald. And obviously, everyone, we also want to ask you, leave your comments, leave your reviews, hit that subscribe button. We want to know what you're liking about our episodes and our series thus far. If you have any questions um, or ever need any assistance, please don't hesitate to give us a call at 303-678-0560. Thank you all, and we will catch everyone next time. Bye.